Have you ever lost your mittens? Anybody? That ever happened to you? Well, I'd like to share a story about a little boy who lost his mittens not once, not twice, but four times in the same week. So Bobby is a seven-year-old boy, and he goes to the school where my wife teaches, an inner-city school in St. Paul, and comes from kind of a tough family situation like many of the children at that school do. And so the story goes like this. On Monday, on the way home, on the bus, Bobby was going out to the bus, and the teacher noticed he didn't have his mittens. And she said, Bobby, where are your mittens? I don't know. So she handed him a pair of mittens so he could get home without having cold hands. On Tuesday at recess, one of the teachers was out on the playground with the children and she looked and noticed Bobby's hands were red and there were no mittens. She said, Bobby, where are your mittens? I don't know. But she gave him a pair of mittens. Well, he lasted all the way until Wednesday. He had his mittens when he went out for recess. And when he came back into the school, he didn't have his mittens again. Bobby, where are your mittens? I don't know. So the teacher gave him another pair of mittens. Friday morning, the children are filing into the school, and the principal is standing there greeting the children as they're coming in. And she said, Bobby, where are your mittens? I don't know. So she gave him another pair of mittens. Four times in one week, Bobby lost his mittens. The moral of this story is that like those lost mittens, our loving God never tires of forgiving us. If we think of those lost mittens as like those times when we fall into sin and kind of get off the path, we come to our loving God and we say, Lord, I'm sorry I lost my mittens again. And he forgives us and gives us another pair. And the interesting thing is it's never about the mittens. It's never about the sin that we have committed. It's always about the relationship, restoring that relationship, bringing us back into grace again so we can go on. And this is true in biblical history. It's true for Adam and Eve in the garden. It was true for the disciples at Gethsemane when they fell asleep, when Jesus said, can you stay awake and watch with me? And it was certainly true for St. Peter when he denied Christ three times. All was forgiven. Our God loves us unconditionally, and he never wants us to doubt that love or to be afraid to admit that we've lost our mittens again. In our gospel today, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And he was talking to everyone here this morning. You are the light of the world. Well, last Sunday, we celebrated this beautiful feast of the presentation in the temple. And it was so wonderful to stand here in the sanctuary and to watch all of you process in with a candle, symbolizing Jesus, the light of the world. What a beautiful entrance to our Mass that was. You know, we're called to share that light of Christ with one another. And I want to do just that this morning. I have a couple candles here. Let me just get those. What I'm going to do is just uh, 
ask you to just take this light for a moment and then just pass it to the person next to you. And we'll just start here and uh, send it around that side. And I'm going to hand it to you, and you can pass it around on this side. And that light is going to go all the way around the church this morning. And as you pass it, think about how you are sharing the light of Christ with that person next to you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I got called this past week to one of the correctional facilities where I minister, and I was asked to see a man named George. And so I went in and sat down, and George came in. George is a man in his 50s. He was in jail for domestic assault and then for violating a protection order that was put into place to keep him from the person that he had assaulted. And George told me, that he had grown up with no religion, no religious faith, didn't really know Jesus, didn't really know much about God, had never read the Bible, and yet he asked specifically for a clergy to see him. And so I listened to George, I prayed with him, we talked, I asked Christ to wrap him in his love. And the interesting thing is, that George knew he was in darkness. Not physical darkness, but spiritual darkness. He didn't know the Lord. He had lost his job. He had lost his relationship. He had probably lost his home. He had lost everything that he had previously. And he needed the light. And so as I came into that place, Jesus Christ shined that light through me into George's life. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. In our first reading this morning from the prophet Isaiah, we hear similar words. If you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, Then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. My brothers and sisters, it is our deeds, it is those things that we do, those acts of Christian charity that we do, that bring light into the darkness of this world. Whenever we do a good deed for one of our brothers or sisters, we allow that light of Christ to shine through our hearts into the life of that other person. And we never know what that light is going to mean for that person. In our gospel this morning, Jesus also said, you are the salt of the earth. We are called to season this world with the flavor of Christ. Brought some salt with me this morning. You all have this at home? Right? Everybody's got this in their cupboard. Table salt. You have it on the dining room table. You have a meal. Everybody's got a salt shaker. This is good for seasoning. It's also good for preserving food. And salt brings out the flavor in food. 
nice cut of meat, you put a little salt on it, and it just brings that flavor out. It would be kind of bland without salt. This is very easy to come by, very accessible, not expensive. You can pick it up pretty much in any store. And there's nothing wrong with good old table salt, right? But there's something better. This is the something better. This is called finishing salt. I got this as a gift from my son who likes to cook. This is a higher quality salt than table salt. A little bit fancier, bigger grains. And they add flavors sometimes to this finishing salt. And finishing salt is intended to go beyond what normal table salt can do. So imagine that you grill up a perfect steak and it's, it's seasoned nicely with salt and you're about ready to serve it. You take this finishing salt and you just put a little bit of that over the top and it just adds that depth of flavor to that steak. Finishing salt. This is what Jesus is calling us to be when he says you are the salt of the earth. Nothing wrong with table salt, but God is calling us to something more. He's calling us to be his hands and feet in this world. Jesus didn't call us to be average, but he called us to bring his holy presence to those that we meet in this world. Heard a story the other day about a young woman named Melanie. She has cancer. And she called the church office and she said, you know, if there would be someone who could come and just come to my home for an hour and just knit with me. She liked to knit. And she was undergoing chemotherapy and she was very tired and very weak. And so this idea of having someone come for just an hour to knit with her, that would be the perfect thing. So a very kind woman from the parish brought her knitting needles and her equipment and she went to Melanie's house and she sat with her for an hour and they knitted together. They just talked and knitted. And that was really all that Melanie needed. But in doing that, that woman brought the light of Christ to her sister who was suffering. We've been passing this light around the church. It looks like it's made its way all the way around now. And I'd like you to imagine this morning that you are a person who is living in darkness. And I don't mean physical darkness, I mean spiritual darkness. Nothing in your life makes sense. And you're looking for something. And you're reaching out. And someone brings that light of Christ into your life, just like you passed it to the person next to you this morning. What would it feel like to receive that light when you were in darkness? Seven-year-old Bobby was given mittens four times at school this week. Nobody scolded him. Nobody asked him why he kept losing his mittens. They just gave him a fresh pair every time. Imagine what that felt like for that little boy to have someone care about him that much. George is incarcerated, facing an uncertain future. He has no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, the next month. 
What did it mean for him to have a visit, to have someone just listen to him and hear his story and tell him about Jesus? And for Melanie, who's battling cancer and just needed someone to sit with her just for an hour, what a beautiful thing it was for that person to take an hour out of their day and to go and spend it with Melanie. My brothers and sisters, today Jesus Christ is calling all of us, all of us, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Our existence on this planet is not insignificant. Our Father knows us and loves us and forgives us every time that we fall. He's calling us to a deeper conversion, to a deeper holiness. When we serve others as Christ did, it is Christ's light that shines through us into the heart of that person that we're serving. And so this morning on this very snowy morning, armed with a fresh pair of mittens, God is calling you and I to go out into this world and be salt and light in his name. Amen.